I've asked them not to put my splash screen up as of yet because I need to share my heart with you and the heart of this team as best I can. And I would certainly appreciate your prayers in this moment because these have not been days that uh, anyone would, would want. But let me kind of go back just a, a little bit and tell you that Tuesday morning we had an all-staff meeting with the Grace Baptist Church team. A wonderful meeting as they always are. But I felt compelled at the end of that meeting to share something with our team, and I just sort of went through what the Lord's been doing in the last nine months or so of this church year. Record-setting giving. Record-setting new members and growth. Well over 100 baptisms. Record-setting enrollments at Grace Christian Academy. And I said, you know, while God is blessing the school, the church, so greatly, the enemy is not happy. Let's remember that while the Lord wants us to have a full, complete life, an abundant life, the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He'll use anyone or anything, anytime. And so all I really said to our team was, would you please be ready? Would you please be aware that when God is moving to such a degree, something's up. So Wednesday afternoon, we discovered precisely what that was. Immediately upon receiving the horrific video that most of you by now have seen, we went somewhere between sad, mad, deeply disturbed and disgusted as any person should be. I called in all of the school administration and meetings began right then. Very serious phone calls were made right then and very serious face-to-face meetings started that afternoon. In fact, just before Grace University, many of you that are in our class know that I just ran into the room and barely made class. Meetings resumed early the very next morning, continued all through the day into the evening. And by late afternoon, Not only had all involved parties been addressed face-to-face with their families, but swift and severe discipline. And when I say severe, these are the records of minors. I can't legally get into those things with you. But what I can say is the strongest possible action that an institution can take was taken. And we needed to send a message And the message needs to be very clear. And so I want to articulate it for you and for anyone else that may be watching. Grace Christian Academy and Grace Baptist Church will not tolerate racism in any shape or form ever. We will not stand. We will not stand for anyone in church or in school demonstrating what we all witnessed. Such a devastating, devastating clip. I know, and any of you connected to the academy know, that this is in no way indicative of our larger student body. I know, and any of you connected know, that the very 
the vast, vast majority of our students do not think nor feel nor act this way. However, I will give you this word that we will seek out every possible source where this may be coming from. And like the infection it is, it will be cut out and dealt with appropriately and swiftly at every turn. There will be a zero tolerance policy in our school and in our church for such heinous acts that go directly in contradiction to the word of God that says every single human being from the moment of conception is an image bearer of almighty God. We will not allow this to continue. There are a lot of people that we need to pray for. We need to pray for our students, all of them. Yes, that includes those involved, whose families, as you would rightly assess, are devastated. We need to pray for our staff. We need to pray for our community. But I wanna say to Dr. Pointer and to his team, I cannot imagine a group of brothers and sisters getting together and handling anything with such, not only swiftness, but dignity, with such seriousness. And we have even been contacted by some in local politics thanking us and thanking the academy for the way that they've handled things. And so I want to commend that team for the way in which they went about what they are called to do with excellence. I can't imagine them doing any more than they did and the grueling, grueling hours after hour after hour of such meetings. I would say that we need to pray for all of those hurt by this because it is very, very hurtful. And then I would ask you to help us that if you see anyone if you hear of anything where this kind of thing has reared its head, partner with us to deal with it swiftly and appropriately. Partner with us so that we can show this community and beyond that this is not grace. Those of you connected know that, but now the world needs to know that. This is not who we are nor what we believe. I know there's a lot swirling on the national scene right now about Roe v. Wade. The reason that Christians have historically stood so strong for the sanctity of life is that we understand the very first chapter of God's Word. We understand that God created us in His image according to His likeness. We understand that there is one race, the human race. We understand that in the heart of a believer, the scripture could not be clearer. If you say you love God, you must love your brother and sister also. And if you do not love your brother and sister, then you, according to the Bible, are a liar who does not love God. And I, for one, want to be known as someone who has open arms to say regardless of the color of your skin, Regardless 
of your socioeconomic standing or other demographics, I welcome you. The Grace family welcomes you. The Academy welcomes you. And most importantly, Jesus Christ welcomes you to the foot of the cross to be transformed by the gospel, to be a part of the family of God. And my prayer for any and everyone that may have been involved is that they truly know Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior and that their heart is softened and that they turn by faith to him and that they are saved. And for those that are, that made an egregious, egregious, horrific mistake, I pray that there is genuine repentance, but I will again reiterate, such things will never be tolerated in any way, shape, or form. And to my friends of color, I hope you know how much you are loved and how much you are welcomed here. And to the families of students of color in our academy, all I can say to you is that we will do absolutely everything we can to make sure the physical and spiritual Emotional well-being of your student is our top priority. We will partner with you to stamp this hatred out because God demands no less. Please know that the actions of a few are not indicative of the sentiments of the majority. You and your family are welcome here. and We will walk with you and worship with you and grow with you. We will work to find the source of such horrible sentiment and we will see that it is eradicated. And what I can tell you, church, is that the only hope for us, the only hope for our nation, does not lie in the hands of five people on a court. It lies in the nail-scarred hands of a Savior who died to save us all from our sin, and but for the grace of God, so too we may all go this way. So remember that you are saved, I am saved, we are redeemed by grace through faith in Christ alone, and we will stand on the gospel truth that Christ died and was raised for all people. That is our message, that is our heart. And I want you to know that we love you, we are praying for you, and today at the conclusion of this service, we are going to have a concert of prayer to ask for God's wisdom and God's guidance as we continue to navigate these waters. And again, my sincerest appreciation and love for Dr. Pointer and his team. Take your Bibles and turn to Genesis.
chapter 3. And as they put up my splash screen, I've been saying since January that this stuff really makes a difference. I've been saying that if you believe the words of Genesis, it really changes the way you live your life. I've been saying that the understanding here of Imago Dei and that we all come from one family and all of this really does matter, and friends, it does. It matters with issues like what we've just witnessed. It matters with decisions regarding the sanctity of life. And it's very interesting to me that we are in this mini-series on the slippery slope of sin because it is just that. You can take one step out and you can find yourself much further down the mountain than you ever thought you'd go. You can take one step, one decision that can literally change the course of your life. It's painful to look at someone who just affected the rest of their life. It's painful to remind them of a man like David who was a man after God's own heart. A man who really did love the Lord, yet in his weakness he made a horrific decision. And in his sin with Bathsheba, not only did he hurt others, but the life of his infant son was taken, and for the rest of his life he had a family of bloodshed. That is not to say that God is not the God of another chance. That is not to say that God is not a God of forgiveness. That is not to say that God is not a God who can restore and redeem and bring hope in the midst of such a dark situation. But it is to say that sin has serious, serious consequences. We are learning that in Genesis, this is the picture of the very first gospel. Genesis 3.15. I'd like us to say it. We don't have any blanks today, but I would like us to say it together because what we see here is that we have a real enemy, a real tempter, and this tempter wants to do nothing but hurt and destroy. And so we see that there is going to be a solution for sin. But first, in the curse... God clearly shows us what's going to happen. Would you join me in saying Genesis 3.15 together? Ready? I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel, meaning he will deal a fatal blow to you. But like a serpent with its head cut off right now, church, he's still wiggling around and slithering and trying to hurt people, and people are still scared of him. But we as Christians do not have to be afraid. We learned last week that the slippery slope of sin often starts with doubt. Has God said we know that it includes distortion. We begin to take what God made as true and remember torque, twist it into untruth. It continues with denial. The serpent goes directly against what the God of the Bible had already said, at least to Adam, and then hopefully Adam was clear with Eve, though that seems a bit fuzzy now. Let's stand together as we honor the reading of God's word in Genesis 3. 1 to 7. The Bible says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? 
And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it. She seems to add something here. Nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise. And she took of its fruit and she ate and then also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Now watch, watch, watch what happens. Then the eyes of both of them were opened. Okay, that sounds okay, right? Oh no. And they knew they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Let's pray. Father, today, as I offer this prayer for this message, albeit a brief one, Lord, I know that anybody connected to grace has had a heavy, heavy heart in these days. A heart that knows that the actions of few do not accurately represent who we are. And so we do all that we can to show now we are a people not of hate in any form. But God, the only thing we know that can drive such things out is love. Just like the answer to darkness is light. I pray that the light of Christ would shine brightly in and through not only this message, but this place. And in the coming days, I pray that we will be better and stronger and that we will be more determined than ever to show the gospel, not simply to speak the gospel. We do pray that you would show us what you want us to learn today. You would show us what you have for each of us today. That we would be a people that fall on our face before you. Say, God, we need you. You have been blessing so richly. I beg you not to remove your hand of blessing from this place. I beg you to continue to pour out your spirit on us. I believe you will because I believe your people have responded rightly. But God, without your blessing, we are nothing. You continue to lavish your love upon us. Would you please let that be the case today and tomorrow and in the days to come. Letting us know, God, that sin is serious. And when we take one step, we can fall very far, very fast. So keep us close and clean. Keep us guided and guarded by your spirit for your glory and for the good of all. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So let's just, I'm not gonna be able to finish, even close to finish your outline so you understand all the empty blanks you have. We'll come back next week. Let me get you at least a point or two though. I want you to see when we've already talked about doubt and distortion and denial that the slippery slope of sin also includes dishonesty. Dishonesty. Nobody likes to be caught when their hand is in the cookie jar and the light comes on. 
But the Bible is clear that Satan is a liar from the beginning. And this is his lie. Listen to this lie. By the way, I want you to know something. Everything I'm going to share from my notes was done several weeks ago. I went back through everything and I didn't change a word because I want you to see how the Lord works. I want you to see how the Lord knows every day that's coming before we live one. Listen to what I've typed here. What is the lie of Satan? That one can sin and get away with it. Speaking to the Pharisees, Jesus said in John 8, 44, you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. And when he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of lies. The tempter was totally dishonest here. He was lying and casting doubt over God's character, suggesting God was jealous, holding Adam and Eve back from their destiny, that they would become like God if they ate, and, and that they would know what God knows. And so Satan held out to them this carrot on the stick, this promise of divinity. Oh, you can be like God. And he knew full well what it was like when you try to usurp God. He knew that there would be severe punishment when you try to take God's place to control your own destiny. The serpent raises doubt about the integrity of God. He implies the only reason for the prohibition is that God is somehow protecting his divine domain. That if man and woman were to eat, they'd enter that domain. And the temptation is to overstep divinely established boundaries. You know, the book of Proverbs stresses that obtaining wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. And let me tell you what I really believe right here. As I typed that several weeks ago, we have a lack in some of the fear of the Lord. I'm telling you what we need is a holy, reverent awe of God. When we get back to a fear of the Lord, it will change how we act and it will change how we react. And so what we have here is this loss of fear of the Lord. And in seeking wisdom, she thought she was getting it. She wasn't because wisdom never comes from the enemy. Eve disobeys God and ends up afraid of God. See, she's not fearing the Lord. She's afraid of God. Now let's apply this truth in our life when we make bad decisions. Again, all of this already down here. When we find ourselves on the slippery slope of sin, what do you have to do? What do you have to do when you're on that slippery slope sliding to keep yourself protected, at least in your own mind? What do you do? I've seen this. You have to lie. And then you have to add lies on top of lies on top of lies as you wallow and slide in your sin. Abraham did it. Achan did it. David did it. And can we be honest for a minute? We do it. Because I'm going to be straight with you. While I hope that nobody in this room has ever participated in anything like what we've witnessed, I hope that none of you have ever gone that far in egregious sin. Can we be real with one another? You've got your sin too. Hello? Hello? You've got your sin too. And but by the grace of God, but by the grace of God, and when we get on that slippery slope of sin, that at some point we have all been on in different form, in different fashion, but what do we tend to do? Well, we tend to keep on sinning. 
and the lies keep stacking up. Now, listen, I wrote the next phrase because in my backyard right now, it is like wild kingdom. I don't know what's going on in my neighborhood, but there is some love in the air. And so I wrote it like this. Lies are like rabbits. They multiply quickly. In my yard right now, Bugs Bunny and the gang are having a field day. It's amazing. Between the rabbits and the squirrels, it is like a picture show. It's like watching the Discovery Channel when you look out any of my back windows. And I'm sorry if you have young children in the room and don't understand that. You're going to have to explain it the best you can over lunch. I'll say this. Years ago, Cindy and I went to the pet shop. I don't know what gave us this wild hair, but we thought we'd buy some birds. We bought a pair of finches. One was sort of the gray kind of finch and the other one was white and we bought the little cage and we bought all the little stuff you need. And, and, and the guy at the thing assured me, he said, now it takes a blood test to be certain, but as best I can tell you, one of these is a boy and one of these is a girl. <clears throat> he was wrong. For the next few years, man, we were in the finch baby business. Do you know they are quite prolific? And so what we would do is we would have another batch of finch babies because they clearly were not both boys or both girls. And so as the Lord put a male and a female in the cage, they'd have babies, we'd take them back to the pet store, they would give us supplies, they would sell the babies, and everybody was happy. But they just kept multiplying. Have you ever heard baby finches when the sun comes up at 6 o'clock in the morning? Eventually, we had to get the finches out of the house. Why? They kept multiplying. They kept getting louder. The messes kept getting bigger. And the same thing will happen with your sin and mine. What about asking your kids to clean their room? Have y'all ever had this happen? I will neither affirm nor deny this has happened in my house. Yeah, it's happened in my house. Son, have you cleaned your room? Yes, sir, I'm done. Oh, really, you haven't been playing? No, sir, I've been cleaning. Okay, I'm gonna come up and check it. Oh, God, give me just a minute, Dad. So if I look under your bed and in your closet and around your bathroom, everything's gonna be back where it's supposed to be. No, Dad, I said give me a minute. Okay, okay. So when the heavenly father says, what's the condition of your room? Because <clears throat> it may not be on video. But some of you may be harboring hatred in your heart. And I want to say something just as clear to you as I know how. To the Lord, that is just as egregious if you were on tape. The Bible says that if you have hatred in your heart against another, you are a murderer. If you have lust in your heart, you are an adulterer. And so we're going to pray. But we're going to pray not just for this situation. You know what we're going to do? We're going to pray to stamp out the source of sin in our own hearts. Well, pastor, now listen, buddy. That's not me. I don't have a prejudiced, racist bone in my body. But you have a sin problem because you're a human being. And it may not be your sin issue. 
But I'll guarantee if we could open your heart, and if you could open my heart, and we could have a video reel of what's going on, I'll guarantee you there's still things that need to be addressed. And you say, well, how could you say that? Because your heart's still beating. That means God's not finished with you yet. That means you're still being sanctified. I'm still being sanctified. Saved already, yes. Sealed already, yes. But sanctified every single day. Because what grieves me as much as anything is the source, the flow. Where does such come from? Out of the heart, man speaks. Out of the heart, the hands and feet react. So we need to pray for hearts. We need to pray for souls. We need to pray not only, oh God, let things go away. No, 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 that's not the right prayer. The right prayer is, oh God, teach us, grow us, stretch us, make us more like Jesus Christ tomorrow than we are today, today more than yesterday. God, do what only you can do in us, not just about this issue, but about every sin issue. But may the overflow of our hearts show this world that whosoever will may come to Christ. Christ, who died for all of our sin, who was buried in a bar tomb, raised by the power of God, and who is coming again. And friends, standing before him is a whole lot more severe than standing before a disciplinary board. I'm telling you right now, we need to be ready to meet our maker. And it starts with our heart. I have a lot more. Come back next week. Stand with me. Would you, would you join us in prayer? As I'm praying in these days fervently, I believe it is most appropriate to start with the man in the mirror. I believe it's most appropriate to examine my own heart and life. I believe it's most appropriate to say, Lord, would you help me and by your spirit remove the plank that is in my own eye so that I may then see clearly to help my brother remove the speck in his. Now, if you're standing here today or if you're listening and you say, man, I don't have any planks. I don't have any issues, then I would implore you to repent of the sin of pride. Because the reality is, the heart of man is deceitfully wicked. And apart from the Spirit of God living in us, and the grace of God abounding toward us, if there was a video of your life and my life in the quiet place, Would you be okay? We collectively as a church family have been working our guts out for the last several years to show this community and beyond that this is a place for all. I for one will not allow the enemy to come in and disrupt what my God is doing. We will stand strong. We will be better. 
we will be better together. But I think to stand, we've got to start on our knees. As I begin to pray, if you are so inclined, I'm going to call you to prayer for yourself, for our students, our staff, our community, and those involved, because there is a lot of pain there as well. As I bow my head and you bow yours, if you're willing to come to the altar, I think this is a time when the church should be on her knees. Yes, we should be praying for this court issue as well, but it's all tied together. As I'm praying, would you please come and join me at the front? Heavenly Father, I really don't know what else to say. You told us in the Word that there would be moments when the words would not come, but that the Spirit would intercede in groanings that could not be uttered. So, Holy Spirit, I need your intercession. Examine my heart. Examine the hearts of my friends, my family here, my family of faith. If there be any hatred, there's anything that doesn't align with your heart. Do your divine surgery and cut it out. Get it out. Rip it from its source so that we can be better, stronger, more like Jesus. You are in control and you have worked here in mightier ways than I have witnessed in the last 23 plus years of ministry. God, please. God, please keep it going for your glory. Please keep it going by your grace. Please, in your wrath, remember mercy. Rend the heavens and rend our hearts that you may come down. Revive us, O God, again in the midst of these years. Revive your people and redeem this time for the days are evil. Make us a broken and shattered people so that you can put the pieces back together the way you so desire. And we will praise you and we will thank you and we will honor you and we will glorify you. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for watching us today. God is doing absolutely amazing things in and through our Grace Baptist Church family. If you'd like to share anything the Lord is doing in your life, feel free to reach out to us through our website or our app. And if you're ever in the Knoxville area, come by and worship with us and our family of faith here at Grace Baptist Church.